The autumn wind is a pirate. Welcome, Raider Nation, to the Raider Nation podcast. I'm your host, Raider Greg. Welcome to our show. And the season has finally come to an end. A season with hope, a season with possibilities, and a season with a few tragedies. We'll talk about that and more here on show 566. Well, before I get into this show, I have to say this because this dude deserves it. If you've ever seen The Violator and better yet ever talked to the man, he is a really down-to-earth, cool dude, a real good fan and a good man. Wayne Marbury is his name, and Marbury is actually how you pronounce it. He's up for the Ford Football Hall of Fame, which is part of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So I just encourage the entire Raider Nation to look it up, check it out, vote for my good brother, The Violator, Um, because you know him, you've seen him, he's been in the stands for decades. Great dude, great fan, and a man that takes charity to heart. He has done numerous charitable events, brought money and attention to great causes. Wayne is a great dude, man. You vote him in the Hall of Fame, Raider Nation. I ain't, I ain't kidding. He is worthy of this honor. Right on, Wayne. You are the man, bro. All right, Raider Nation. On this show, we will have a snippet of a post game for the Bronco Hose. Way too close for this clown show, but there's more. <laughs> there's more coming. I'm going to do a little recap and my theory on why we are where we're at. And um, it's not negative, and it is positive because we have a lot to build on. So we'll just talk about that for sure after we hit the Bronco Ho game. And then the bone line should round it up, folks. And that should be it for this season. I'll wrap this up in a bow. There's a lot going on, though, folks. The NFL doesn't stop ever um, on offseason. You know what I'm saying. You'll hear it here at Raider Nation Podcast. Let's get to it. Do my take on the Bronco Hose last game of the season. Oh my gosh. So this is one of the games I predicted that we would win, you know, pretty easily. And it turned out to be quite the opposite. Um, as a matter of fact, we should have dominated this team from the beginning, and yet we did not. We did what we did there all season and played down to our opponent. I don't get it. I never will understand how this team can dominate the Chiefs and lose to the Broncos. It just doesn't make any sense to me. To me, it's a lack of organization, lack of coaching, lack of vision. There's a lot of lackings here, and we'll hit those later on in the show. But for this game, absolute um, unbelievable game. Way too close. Uh, even as a division game, I just can't believe that we played so terrible. And yes, we have all the excuses to fall back on. Like Coach says, I'll make no excuses as he follows that up with a crap load of yes, excuses. Let me just clear the air here. All 32 teams had to deal with COVID. All 32 teams had to deal with injury. All 32 teams had issues this year, but there's going to be two teams going to the Super Bowl. Why isn't it us? Well, there's a good question. Let's look at the answer because this game is kind of a, this last game kind of shows our season. This is our season in the nutshell. 
barely getting by on a team that we should have dominated from the first snap, just barely winning by the seat of our pants, literally. Unbelievable performance. Poor performance as far as I'm concerned. I'll take the W. We're 8-8. Eight and eight. Well, let's have a big party. I don't think so. Because at 6-3, and three, things are looking a lot better this year. So, as long as I'm on that subject, let's move to it, shall we? Here's the season's end. Sounds like some type of a magazine for women's clothing. (laughs) Trust me. But it is. It is an end to a brutally hopeful season. I'm not going to say, you know, we were great and we we had everything going for us and then we blew it. No, 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 no. That's not how this season went. Come on now. Now, through the season, there were some amazing performances. I mean, the Panthers game, we came out screaming. I thought that was a good indication of a team that really hasn't had an offseason. Nobody did. So we came out doing pretty well. We have the same players, so we should have done very well. We beat the Panthers. We beat the Saints. And then we come to the mediocrity of the Patriots, who did not make it to the playoffs this year. Maybe it's their uniforms. I don't know. But we lost, and we lost huge to the Rats, 36-20. to I was blown away at the defense right then. I was like, okay, we got to make a change. It was a horrible defensive performance. We got to do better. And then we came against the Bills, which we all knew was going to be better this year, and they are. But listen, <laughs> they didn't destroy us. They won 30 to 23. Again, a game in which the talent we have on the on the roster should have been equated to a win here, but no, I get it. Then we go and play the Chiefs and kick their ass. What a great performance there in Kansas City. It's too bad the place wasn't loaded with fans. That would have been an even sweeter victory, but victory nonetheless. And it was a real positive momentum going into the next game where we played Tom Brady and the Bucks, kind of a new team trying to get on their feet, and we get walloped. And I mean, it wasn't even a game. I mean, the score was 45 to 20, but really, you can take seven of the garbage points off, uh, and that was the true score. Uh, again, our defense was horrible, and Belichick picked us apart, literally, like he does, and it showed the weakness in our defense to everybody else, and from that game on, everybody used the same blackboard, the same plays, the same everything. We beat the Browns, we beat the Chargeless, and we beat the Broncos. Now, for some reason, we were getting some defensive play. I don't know what was happening. Uh, Maybe there's some ass chewing in the office. Whatever happened. I know during the Kansas City Chief game, I was blown away. I thought, where is this defense? Where have they been? What happened? Well, they came and then they went away. And that's what happened the rest of the season. The defense was absolutely a crappy, crappy training ground for these young defensive players. Defensive coordinator Paula, Paula Gunther, Luckily, was fired before he was run out of town on a rail. Paula, I can't wait no more for you. And you'd have thought it was a funeral from the Raiders. Eddie Pascal, the 10-year-old podcaster from the Las Vegas Raiders. Oh, you shouldn't be so hard on him. He was a nice guy. Yeah, Eddie, you know what? The wins and losses count on your ass too, bro. You got to bring it up and make it real, not that horse crap you spill, the Kool-Aid we like to call it. But I'll tell you right now from the Raider Nation podcast, we ain't playing here. We ain't going to we ain't going to blow smoke up the Raider Nation's ass 
and say it's a campfire. Listen, this is what the Raiders' defense was for the last season. Before this season, it was terrible. Seems like we were trying to get it together, and this was going to be the year that Paula bloomed into a beautiful woman. Well, it never happened. Okay? She remained a hag for the entire season until <laughs> he was fired. Thank goodness. Thank goodness for the entire organization because the guy couldn't coach. Obviously not. And from the 6-3 and three record, we got blown out by the Falcons, almost lost to the Jets, got blown out by the Colts, almost, almost won the second Charger game. The Fish, what a joke that was. And the last game of the season, like I said before, it is a cornucopia of horse manure because there are far more expectations on the players we drafted. Al Davis used to say it all the time. You get a guy and then you get coaches and it's up to the coaches to coach him up. That's their job. Al Davis was very, very, very explicit on the coaching aspect of football. How important it was. He was a coach. He was a general manager. He was an owner. He's seen it all from all angles and he realized how important the coaching rank was. And here we are. So let's just take a look at our coaching staff that we had this season. Of course, we have Grew. We have the leader. He's the face. He's the attitude. He's what everybody wants this team to play like. Hasn't happened yet. We have Greg Olson. 18 years. 18 years as an offensive coordinator, and he's here. Here he sits. He needs to get his ass out of here. We need some fresh blood in that spot. They got to change this plug immediately because it's not firing. Just like the other cylinders might be firing, but it is ain't firing. Okay, so now we go through the offensive coaching tree. I like Tom the Cable Guy. I think he's a great off offensive line coach. He's done really well with the scraps he's been given this year. To me, that's the definition of coaching. When you can coach up your players that are not quite supposed to be there and get them there, to me, that's what this team needs more of. We need more cable guys here because I'll tell you right now, we need them big time. And we need better thinking in this offense because I'll tell you what, Austin King, the offensive quality control coach, He's had one year of experience. Listen, get out. We need some guys in here with some serious offensive knowledge. Um, the senior offensive assistant has 17. John Morton, 17 years experience. Let's just get with it. Let's go. Let's let's just use a little, little knowledge here. I don't, I don't know. Maybe they work together. Maybe that's a great combination, but... Man, we needed some help on the offensive side of the ball as well. It wasn't all defense, trust me. As, as long as I'm talking about defense, let's get into the weakest part of our organization. I mean, that was bad. Now, Rod Marinelli was kind of put in here as a stopgap. I think they knew they were going to fire Paula. They should have fired him last year to give us an opportunity to make a better season of it. But they didn't. So... John Gruden's good friend, the Buddy Club, which I cannot stand in coaching. I just can't stand it because you're not kidding the best guy. You're not kidding the best guy. There might be one or two friends that work out in 32 teams that are good. Other than that, listen, man, if you're dragging has-beens from where you've been and you didn't win then, does that make any sense to you guys? It doesn't make a hell of a lot of sense to me. If Gruden was in Tampa Bay and they fired him from lack of performance and he's going to bring a coach here from Tampa Bay that lost with him? Okay, now let's hold on just a second. Are you serious bringing a losing coach into the organization and hoping that he's going to be able to change this around? 
Let me tell you, man, to me, that is complete bullshit. And I ain't kidding. And you know what I mean by that. Because that's buffoonery. Buffoonery on top of buffoonery. I mean, Ron Marinelli did a pretty decent job his last two games. Oh, well, what are you going to do in two games? Who knows? He might end up being our guy. I'm not sure if that's a good thing. There's a lot of defensive coordinators, a lot of defensive minds out there. I think we should interview a couple guys before we choose. I don't know how it works. Maybe it's a, it's like that chair dance uh, where they use the chicken song where you have to stop and get a chair. Maybe that's how it works. I don't know. But let me just tell you, <laughs> our coaching staffs, Rich Bisaccia, he's a good guy. I think he's a good coach. I think he can make the special teams better as we get better players. But I like that coach. I think he's been a, done a decent job. Now, here's where I have a problem. The head strength and conditioning coach, A.J. Nibel, for 15 years, and we've had this many problems with COVID. A.J., you're fired. You're fired for not controlling the strength and condition of this team. You're fired for not being all over this COVID. You're fired for not having people out there, watching people out there, and making sure our players are taking care of business. A.J. Nibel, you should get your ass handed to you down the road. A strength and conditioning, I hold you completely responsible for this team's COVID issues, their injury issues, everything, bro. And you have 15 years experience, shame on you. You better promote this next guy, DeAnthony Bastiste, because give him an opportunity. Because evidently, bro, you aren't doing it. I would hold this all over you. You need to be held responsible. You're fired. And on another note, I don't know if anybody knew in the Raider Nation that Coach Gruden's son is on the staff. What a surprise. That's an amazing thing. And he is a strength and conditioning assistant. And he's been there. I guess he has four years experience. I don't know where he got all four. Um, Because three of the years he's been with us. But uh, see, to me, he should go play for another team. He should go work in another organization. He should work elsewhere besides his daddy's office where he's protected. He needs to go somewhere where he can show that he does his job. He shows that he can make the men healthy, hold guys accountable for their own health, and uh, take care of business. This kind of buffoonery, this is the stuff that kind of blows me away. So I know the head coach and strength and conditioning is not going to be held accountable for anything. He won't be because in his office is Deuce Gruden, which is an assistant. And his dad's not going to put a spotlight on that that part of the team. Oh, no way. I think that's crap. That's my opinion. I'm sticking to it. Strength and consistency assistant, Rich Slate. He's been there for one year. You're fired, Rick. And you can take Ricky Nung with you, uh, the nutritionist guy. I would hold my strength and conditioning staff accountable for this season. Uh, this is a season where you have, you, you know, Gruden has, he's like an octopus, man. He needs even more arms than that. He's got so many responsibilities that he needs to delegate responsibilities to his staff. And one of the responsibilities would be, hey, sp- strength and conditioning, this COVID thing, that's in your lap. You make sure these guys don't get sick. You make sure you follow these guys around that have loose cannons. You make sure these guys that you know around the edges are going to sneak around. That's your job. You don't do it, you're fired. That'd be my first comment to them at the beginning of the COVID. You got to get a handle on this. That's your responsibility. And trust me, that would motivate me so much to make sure my team stayed safe and COVID free. And then you look at the performance. I I don't know. I just tell you this. There best be some soul searching in that front office. Because uh, I will say we've had a difficult season with no off-season programs, no training camp. 
yes, we have to give everybody a break this year. We have to. We have to because it's that kind of year. And I'll I'll take that excuse. Matter of fact, the coach that says, I'm not using any excuses, that then turns around and uses a crap load of excuses, that's not me. The Raiders have a perfect reason that they had some issues this year, and I'll just leave it there. So what are we going to do next year? Uh, I think the COVID shots will be absolutely given to every player by the time the season starts. Hell, they've had more COVID testing there than anywhere in the country besides the NBA and perhaps MLB. You know, as citizens of this country, it's tragic that all the sports teams, all the Congress and Senate, all those hacks have gotten the shot. All those people that do a shitty job uh, running our country, they all got a shot. So for now, I'll tell you, just because of what I've seen in this last year, I almost guarantee that the NFL will be vaccinated before the season starts because they have to. It's all about the money. So that's where I hold that uh, fact to be true because when it comes to money, people ain't playing. So they're going to get their shots. I guarantee you they'll all be ready to play and the COVID will be eliminated from the NFL next year before it's eliminated from my town. I can tell you that. So before I go on and on on a rant, let me just say, we have an opportunity this offseason to make the changes we need to move forward in this NFL. And I tell you this as a fan, I am serious. I please and I beg the coach, do not hire friends or family Hire efficient, effective teachers. Hire great coaches with knowledge that can transcend that to their team. Who can teach these players how to not get penalties. How to teach Abrams to be an actual, real defensive back. Defensive backs coach should be fired. Because he hasn't been able to get this team to get it together. And we have talent here. That should be a red, big red freaking flashing light. To me, it is. Let's see who the defensive backs coach is. Okay, so defensive backs is Jim O'Neill. He has 10 years experience. And Jim, I'm sorry, bro. Jim O'Neill, you've got two thoroughbred defensive backs there that you could turn into monsters. You're fired. Get out. Move on to the next guy who's making real change. Move on to a, another team's assistant coach that wants this job bad, that wants to move to Las Vegas. It's not like you're going to have trouble getting people. Vegas is exciting. I mean, that goes into my next spiel about this team. Las Vegas is the free agent's frenzy. They love it. They, everybody in the NFL would love to come there, just like they want to go to Florida or Texas because there's no income tax in that state. <laughs> and living is very reasonable. So living is reasonable. No income tax. You get your millions you get to go home with. I mean, what better situation is that for the Raiders? They have been suffering under the California state tax system forever. And now, for the first year, truly, they have an opportunity to glean true free agents with talent. We have a great volume of room on our cap. Let's talk about the cap, too, because the cap is important. And there's not a lot, enough, a lot of words about that. Now, the cap, we're all used to going up several million dollars a year, but it's based on Team's income. It's based on the NFL growth. And this year, there has been a stagnation, actually a, a retrogression of money going into the NFL coffers. Poor guys. It's poor guys. So, long story short, here we are. The NFL didn't make any money. So now, instead of 
the cap growing, the cap is going to shrink for the first time. And it's probably the first time it's ever shrunk. This year is a huge shrinkage of the profit. There's no profit for the teams to share in except the TV revenue, which was kind of skinny, but all the revenue from the stadiums, gone. That's a chunk of change, folks. It's going to affect the cap. So you notice no one's making any moves yet because no one truly knows what the cap is going to be. You know, before you could make moves knowing that you're going to move forward, the cap's going to grow by several million dollars. Well, it's going to shrink by several million this year, and some teams are going to be certainly paying the price for overextending themselves. But us, to our good credit, are not overextended. We have cap space. The cap space might be absorbed by the loss of revenue by the NFL, but really, we're in a great position because we're not going to have to pay the -the over-the-cap fees and fines that are going to be some teams, trust me, they're going to end up holding, (laughs) holding the pipe, if you know what I mean. Who knows how that's going to play out, but I know we're going to have a lot less money this year to work with, but thank goodness... Mayock has kept the handle on the cap money. Hugely important. And thank goodness somebody in his office or him figured out early they have to hold on to some money. And we have so far. So far. So we're in a great position. And this is, you know, going down the list of things that should have, could have, would have happened this season. There's next season. <laughs> next season is awesome. I see next season as being a great leap forward. We just have to make a few great choices before we start our training, whatever we're going to have, our off-season program. I don't know if that's going to happen. I think it will. I think it will. I think we're smart enough now to figure out how to get that done. So I think that'll happen. Training camp will also happen because I think we're smarter now. So all those trainings that we didn't have last year, which are great excuses for not doing well, at least for us, they're not really great because our team was already together. So really, with the exception of the rookie class, same guys knew (laughs) knew everything here. We should have done much better. Need I say more, but I'll tell you right now, I will say this, that our future is really bright. And I know that sounds like a broken record. The Raider fans have been hearing that for two decades of losing. Seems like we just cannot get out of our own way. Now, even the chargeless chargers are going to improve because they have an excellent quarterback and a lot of their problem was coaching. They fired their coach. So there's another tough team next year. We got the Chiefs, and the Broncos aren't going to sit there and hold their pipe, if you know what I'm talking about, waiting for something to happen. Looks like Fangio's going to come back to them, and they're going to go forward and build a better defense because that's his deal. And they had a pretty good defense before, and I think they might be much better next year too. So listen, man, we cannot sit with our feet in the sand and wait till it gets up to our neck. We have to keep our feet moving and move forward and change things for the better before our off-season programs start. I'm telling you right now, the draft is a huge, important thing. We pick 17, so that means, consequently, each pick we pick in the subsequent rounds will be around the 17th, 16th player of that round. That's where we are. Now, I will say this about being there in the draft. It's not a bad place. It's actually a pretty good place, and here's why I think it's good. I think it's great because it makes our scouts work harder. It makes our scouts not just turn into NFL.com and look at who else is rated the best and look at the top 10 people and say, well, our guy's going to be one of these 10. Let's just see who we think fits us better. That's not how it's going down, folks. When you pick at 17, you got to be 10,000 times more accurate on your pick to make it count. So this will be a test of the Raiders 
fairly new drafting division. Um, so their scouts will go out. And since college has been cut so short, to me, this is the opportunity that Al Davis would take. He would find the way to find the players that haven't been seen or projected to be seen in this draft. This is the opportunity that this class <laughs> of pickers, if you want to call them for a better, better, you know, the draft gurus, whatever you want to say, this is the opportunity to get in deep in the shag carpet and find the gold down there. Not the dirt, not the must, not the nasties, but there's gold down there. There's gold in the college ranks that has not been seen on TV. There's gold there because they haven't played. This is the moment that this particular team could make great inroads in this draft at this position at 17. This is where you find the Patrick Mahomes. This is where you find the player that no one else really saw, no one on no one's radar, but we did enough work to find him. Let's get to it. And that's what I think we should be doing. Right now, we should have been doing it all year. I'm hoping that the Raiders do it all year. I'm hoping that the scouts have been doing just what I said, digging through all the teams and all the colleges to find the guys that maybe didn't play this year that might might have you know missed last year. But you know, these are the guys that you know are gonna come alive, like Max Crosby. Here, there's an example of a player that came out of nowhere that is done that's a sack master for the Raiders right now. That's the players we need to find. We need to find those guys in in that particular segment of the draft and not be relegated to, oh, well, you're picking midstream. Yeah, we are. There's no reason. Matter of fact, there's better reason to find better players in this part of the draft. I think there's a lot of hidden gems. We better find them because we need help on our defense. Trust me, I'm not the only one that thinks so. But I do think that should have been the plan last year, going up to this year. So I'll give the Raiders credit. Hopefully our draft will find guys that are actually ready to play. And we need to coach up our guys. So let's just hope for a better year. I think really at the end, with some changes, and I'm not talking about major changes, but some good changes, man, we got... We got almost got to a winning season. And I don't want to go next year and go, you know, nine and seven and call that a victory. I'm sorry. To me, that's just not good enough. That's not good enough. We should be working into the double digits like 11, 12 wins in a year. We have that kind of team. We need that kind of coaching. And that is all I'm going to say about that. All right, it's time for the bone line. 1-800-620-7181. 1-800-620-7181. Throw yourself on the bone line. And listen, it's the end of the year. Time to throw your bones. Get on it. We're not done, so you better not be done. And one more thing before I get onto the bone line. You know the Raider game, our last game in Vegas, was blacked out here in California? Nobody on the West could see it on TV. I hope and pray that these greedy sons of bitches in the NFL don't start making all our games, all our home games, pay games for us here in California. I will say this, as a Raider fan and a season ticket holder for over 14 years, that if they start making me pay to watch this team, oh, dude, especially being in Vegas, one state away, that is a sham, and I'm calling it out. That shit better not go down 
because I will let them know in a huge way how freaking pissed I am. And you should be too if you didn't see that game. All right, let's get on the bone line. Well, you know him. I certainly love him. My good brother. My Raider brother from Pennsylvania, my mom's home state, Scranton, PA. What is happening, Raider Chris? Raider Greg, Raider Randy, Raider Nation, Raider Chris, Scranton, PA. Quick phone call. I just wanted to thank everybody, Raider Greg and Raider Randy, for everything that they do for another wonderful year of this podcast. Raider Nation, everybody stay safe. Until next time, love you guys. God bless each and every one of you. Gruden, be lucky your money's guaranteed. I'm out. Well, first, brother, thank you for the props and the call. All the calls this year. I appreciate your input and what your your passion you leave to this show. You contribute, and if you didn't, the show wouldn't be here. It's the fans that make this show, and you certainly are a great fan, a great Raider fan, in very hostile territory there in Pennsylvania. Listen, um, Gruden is lucky that he has a $100 million contract. You know, who knows what can happen? I'm not saying anything's going to happen, but it's not just the Raider fans that are pissed about the coaching. Let me tell you, the rest of the NFL has pointed a finger, and I mean a shaky finger at Gruden, for not doing a better job with the talent he has in this team. So we have to just look forward to next year and see if there is a change. If there's no changes this year and our record stays the same, well, the door may be open for a new head coach. Love the call. God bless you and your family, brother. Now, next caller is the Uptown Raider. Short and very sweet. Like his call. What's up, bro? Raider Greg, Raider Randy, Raider Nation. Is the Uptown Raider. Just beat down the Broncos. Hey, next year is ours, baby. Next year is ours. Well, next year should be ours. We're hoping it's going to be ours. I'm hoping it's going to be ours. We'll have to see what happens with everything. Um, this year was a, I don't know, man. You, you kind of just let it go. Uh, we'll get better. We need to get better. Let's just call this one a... Uh, what do they call that in golf? And our next caller from Maryland, it's the Food Stamp Raider. What's going on, my good brother? You're also in hostile territory. I'm telling you. Food Stamp Raider from Maryland. Season's over. I don't care about today's result because we're not in the playoffs. We're not a contender. We're not a Super Bowl threat. And that's all I heard was before the season started. And now all these roses are being thrown around because we luckily got past the Broncos. We're nowhere near contending for a Super Bowl. And it will never happen while Gruden's running everything. And until he backs off, we're going to be stuck in the same rut. Now I'm hearing people celebrate over 8-8. Eight and eight. Al Davis told Cable 8-8 eight and eight was a joke when he fired him. 8-8 eight eight is not a winning record. Let's cut the bullshit. Who's that Raider? Out. I love your call, bro. That was absolutely right on the freaking money. Right on the money. It's coaching. We all see the coaching. Anybody that's watched this game for any time knows it's coaching. You've got talent. We have talent on this roster. It's just not being used. And if he doesn't pull his head out by next year, I hope they get rid of him. I love Gruden, man. He's a great example of a Raider attitude. He just needs to find a staff to get the job done because he's not doing it. And if it's his drafts and it's Mayock is not putting his two cents in, we're screwed. Because let's all remember that he came from Tampa Bay where they fired his ass for lack of performance. He couldn't get that team to win. Okay, so let's not have a repeat of Tampa Bay with John Gruden, because as far as I'm concerned, and I'll be honest with all y'all, he didn't build that team in Tampa Bay. That wasn't his Super Bowl. 
he should have stayed with the Raiders. We could have won one then, maybe with him. But uh, no, that was a <clears throat> that was a paper doll, bro. He didn't build it. He didn't do anything with it. He just carried it along with the trophy. But uh, that wasn't his team. And he needs to get better, or else we're going to be in trouble, just like you said. And eight and eight, bro. That is Dale Popcorn, man. Anybody that's happy with an 8-8 eight and eight season, come on. You got to be a Browns fan. And our next caller, the RVA Raider. Raider Trip, what's happening, my good brother? Raider Greg, Raider Randy, this is Trip, the RVA Raider, calling from Richmond, Virginia. It's Monday morning after the second Donkeys game. It's definitely nice to beat them. Kind of bittersweet. Last night was a little glimpse of what maybe could have been. Had a few of our games toward the end of the season gone differently. Just one or two of them. It was kind of ironic to watch Chucky being aggressive and playing for the win when there wasn't anything on the line. I was really happy to see him go for the win at the end there with the two-point conversion. Now, even if they hadn't converted it, that would have been all right with me. They're being aggressive, going for the win. That's something I wanted to see him do all season and that they weren't doing nearly enough of. You know, we could go all the way back to our second Chiefs game, and if Chucky had been making calls a little more aggressively, maybe we'd be looking at the postseason now. But, anyways, I think it's apparent to a lot of us what needs to be done. So, like you said, Greg, new coaches, no more friends as coaches. Let's make some smart decisions there. Be a little bit more aggressive next year. Who knows? Anyhow, once again, guys, thanks for doing this show. Really makes a big difference to me being out here on the East Coast. Don't really get the opportunity to talk Raiders with a lot of people. So I've loved the show. Always have. I'm honored to be given the chance to be a part of it every week. Just hope you guys keep doing it for as long as you are willing. Raider Nation, I love you. Everybody be good to you. Talk to you next season. This is the RVA Raider. I'm out. First of all, thank you for being a contributor as well, brother. Um, without you guys, there would be no show because I wouldn't sit here and parrot on about stuff that, <laughs> that doesn't make sense to anybody else except the fans of the show, that is. Um, no, man, I appreciate all that you contribute because everyone who calls is basically from somewhere else. So you're you're seeing the team from a different state, different state of mind, but you're all the Raider Nation. I love it. Chucky has next year. If I were the owner, it would be the sit down of, all right, you got to eight and eight, which is mediocre. We need a winning season, a playoff. We need one playoff game next year. That's it's playoffs or no job. It's playoffs or layoffs. That would be my theme for next year. Love the call, brother. Thank you for contributing, man. All right, everybody. Can you smell the cheese? I can, because the Cheesehead Raider's in the house. What's happening, my good brother? Raider Greg, Raider Randy, Raider Nation. This is the Cheesehead Raider calling from Wisconsin, and we spent, I forget how many millions of dollars on our defense so we could win one more games this year than we did last year. Yep, we beat the Bronco Holes. I know, Raider Greg, you're happy about that. But I'm going to tell you something sad. I wish we would have lost the game. And this is the reason why. Not because I don't love my beloved Raiders, but because we would have been picking 15 instead of 17. Now, some people may say, what's two extra picks or two more spots? That's better quality. That's really what it is. And I'm the type of person, if we're not going to win the Super Bowl, then we need to get as much talent as possible. But we won. Okay, great. Eight and eight. Beat a division uh, rival. And now we're in the off season. Look at some salary cap space that we can get rid of. Uh, Williams, the receiver, probably going to get dumped. I know uh, 
Our Richie Incognito may get dumped to save some money. And I even saw an article that Bent Brown might even get released. We could wind up saving like $40 million with all the people. I think there was Joyner was on there as well. But um, we'll have to see what the Raiders are going to do. Disappointing season, uh, eight and eight, one game again better than last year. And we can blame Carr. We can blame Gruden. We've been doing this all season. Gruden didn't do this. Gruden didn't that. I mean, I even heard the commentators at the game even said you have to question John uh, Luzin's play calling. And we've been talking about that. But I don't think it's we put it at his feet. I don't think we put it at Mike Mayock's feet. We don't even put it at Veggie's feet. This, in my opinion, has always fell at the feet of Mo Davis who couldn't simple on his dad's ass. And now we are here again. And unfortunately, and I pray I'm wrong, as long as Mo is in charge, giving John Gruden a 10-year contract. It's not even the money. If John Gruden had a $30 million three-year contract, you think he'd be making different decisions? Well, if you say yes, it's not how much he gets paid a year, it's how many years he is protected. And now we are still stuck with this guy, and I don't know if it's ever going to turn around, but we'll see. I pray it does. And with saying that, Raider Greg, Raider Nation, Raider Randy, I hope everybody has a great new year. I hope 21 is better than 20. Maybe we'll talk to you before free agency. Definitely talk to you before the draft. And we're saying that. This is a Cheesehead Raider. I love you, Raider Nation. Bye. First of all, again, thank you for contributing to our show. It's always good, my good brother. And, you know, it's nice to have like-minded thoughts. Uh, Gruden on his 10-year contract. Dude, I mean... His first three seasons, I think I expected way more. And next year, he should be in the playoffs or out of a job. Well, I've been complaining about the ownership uh, as soon as he got the keys to the kingdom. And what he did shortly after that, after screwing things up already, he just gave the keys to John Gruden and left the castle. I'm out. You deal with it. I'm just going to watch from the sidelines. Now, that's fine. A lot of owners do that. But Mark Davis is not just an owner. He's son of Al. Son of Al. Al Davis would be up Gruden's ass so hard that he'd be tasting Al's toupee for breakfast. Yeah, I'm telling you. (laughs) Anyway... Got to get some changes. You know, with friends are frustrated in a losing season. It's not losing, but 8-8 eight and eight to me is not great. Appreciate your input all the time, bro. It's always good. Uh, you have a great rest of your year. We'll talk to you before the draft. Rare Nation podcast. We're around. And last but never least, our prez is coming to town. What is happening, my good brother? This guy's the most positive fan on the show, man. What is happening? Happy 2021, Raider Nation, Raider Greg, Raider Randy. This is the prayers calling, and I have no gripes and no complaints. Just basically get ready for next year. Hope everybody had a happy holidays, good Christmas, brand new year coming in. We hope that the Raiders do better next year on selection. We hope we get some good defense guys coming in and uh, maybe a little change up or whatnot. Uh, we wish the best for Carr, whatever decision with Mariota will be. and out of our hands now. It comes a long drought, which I definitely hate. It's the longest eight months ever because basketball kind of I mean, everything's kind of watered down with this corona thing, you know, Jack. My humble opinion. I only watch basketball and football anyway. Anyway, uh, that's pretty much it for me or whatnot. Uh, we all had high expectations and it didn't work out so good, but maybe next year it will. And I look for bigger and better things. Uh, Pray that Gruden will you know, um, see the light, bring in some new people, 
change his ways. Uh, I know I, I probably was like upset and mad, and I kind of felt a little bad. He's the moment, though. That's how it is when you're a passion fan. You want to see wins. You get frustrated, and you know. But see the light, John. Trust me. You know uh, the Raider Nation loves you, and you know you kind of like the second phase since John Madden. You know, and um, you know we we was happy to see you back. Change your ways. Bring in new talent, and be open minded to go with the brand new system. And uh, that's pretty much it. I'm rambling. Raider Nation. We have a good one. Happy 2021. Mask up. We want to see you guys make it. And that is all. And Raider Greg, make a vow, man. Don't be gone too long because we be starving without the Raider Nation podcast. But, man, I know you got to take a break, though, but at least come in at least once a month, man. How about that? Let's make a deal. Because sometimes your hiatus be a long time and we be starving. Take care, Raider Nation. This is the prayer saying, Raiders. Take care. You know what? Thank you for contributing too, brother. It's always good. Love to hear your takes. You're a very passionate fan. You bring the positive to the table, which is what we need to. Sometimes, you know, I can go on a rant, but uh, I appreciate all you do. And trust me, I hope the coach hears what's happening. I hope he doesn't block out us as the fans. I mean, we're not the media. We're not those hammerheads. We're not saying all they're saying. We say the truth. I wish they'd listen to us, man. I swear. I hope he does better, too. God bless you, man, in this new year as well. Uh, thank you for all your contribute contributes to the show. Okay. On that note, Raider Nation, this was the last game of this season, but not the last show of the Raider Nation podcast. So stay tuned. Things will be happening. And when they do... <laughs> Raider Nation's going to be here. Keep an ear open because we're going to be on the show doing what we do. I want to thank everyone for listening, all the Raider Nation, all the silent listeners that don't want to pick up a phone and make that call. I know you're out there, and Randy and I appreciate you as the people you are because you appreciate our show. We're trying to do it right, trying to do it real, at least as real as we can, following the Raider Nation through the ins and outs, ups and downs, uh, and upside downs sometimes of the Raiders. God bless you, Raider Nation. God bless the Raiders, man. Let's just hope and pray for a better year that we pull out of the eight and eights and start making some noise, man. Because it's about time. It's about time for us. Don't you think? I sure as hell think so. I am Raider Greg, and I am out. <laughs>